When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans. I'm Kevin Tate, guest contributor to BTSC Podcast. I'm from the Know It All Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another Sunday edition of We Run the North. And today, what we're going to talk about is uh, central to what happened this week with the Steelers. I mean, everything we generally talk about is typically based around whatever the Steelers have going on, and we just kind of expand on that topic for the other teams. So what big news happened this week in Steeler Nation? I'm sure we all know what it is. So I'll go ahead and just say exactly what it is. The hiring of Omar Khan as general manager to replace longtime Hall of Fame general manager Kevin Colbert after 22 years. Omar Khan has been with the Steelers for 21 years since I believe 2002. And, uh, you know, he was elevated to the general manager position. He's typically uh, probably most significantly known as a cap guru. The cap guy handles the contracts, makes everything fit under that cap. I mean, a lot of stuff. Heck, I don't even understand, but Omar Khan is an expert at that. So with that hire this week, What we'll get into is the AFC North general managers. And we'll talk about those guys briefly. Uh, At the end, we'll talk about the Steelers and we'll get you 
the live chat's thought on Omar Khan and the hiring and, you know, just what you guys think about it and what direction does this take the Steelers in? What, you know, this, this new generation, we lost a Hall of Fame quarterback after almost two decades, Ben Roethlisberger. We lost the Hall of Fame general manager after more than two decades, Kevin Colbert. So, you know, we're going in a new direction. But that's what we'll talk about towards the end of the broadcast. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining joining us joining us in the live chat. Claude Bishop, what's up, man? Uh, George Teston, hey, bro, what's going on? Who else do we have here? All Howard Species 5618, what's up? Javier, is it Maury? How you doing? Jelly, Jersey Boy 70, what's up, man? Um, I think I got everybody that I see thus far. So how's everybody doing today? But uh, so <clears throat> let's talk about which team, general man, we talk about first. I always like to <clears throat> start with the Cleveland Browns because I feel like when I start with the Cleveland Browns, we're starting at the bottom, at the bottom, and we're working our way up. So we'll start with the Browns. That's typically what we do. You know, we'll start from from bottom to top. Steelers always being the top. So we'll typically always talk about those guys last. So we're going to talk about the Browns today first and their general manager. Uh, the Browns general manager is Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry is the Browns general manager. He's been in the position, I believe, since 2019. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I like Andrew Barry. He, uh, I'm sorry, I just, I just want to make sure that I'm correct on saying when Andrew Barry started. So I'm looking it up real quick. Let's see. Andrew Barry has been the Browns journal manager. Since here we go here, Andrew Barry. Okay, since 2020, general manager and executive executive vice president of football operations. So <clears throat> I like Andrew Barry. He's 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 made a lot of good moves since he's been with the Browns. They kind of he kind of has them semi-relevant. The Browns have never really been relevant since the mid eighties, but he did come in after uh, the seasons of Hugh Jackson, the one in 31 teams. Then he came in after the mess that Freddie kitchen had. He hired uh, Kevin Stefanski, got the Browns to the playoffs in Stefanski's first year and Andrew Barry's first year. Uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't do so well last year. Expectations. Expectations kind of hurt a lot of teams, you know, because expectations are hard to live up to. But, you know, he's I feel like Andrew Barry has done a has done a good job thus far, considering what he inherited from from Cleveland. Um he drafted, he had a good draft in 2021. 
He drafted uh, the cornerback Newsom out of Northwestern. Hasn't panned out, panned out yet, but he was a stud, so I think they're still expecting a lot from him. Um, then he drafted Osa, Osa Kusamura last year also with a second round pick. Probably a steal last year, so you have to you have to consider that as a, a good pick. This year he took the Browns draft capital, at least first round draft capital, and I believe the next this year and two more years to follow, he took those picks and traded those for Deshaun Watson. He got a franchise quarterback. Now I don't know how it pans out in regards to Deshaun Watson and the NFL and what punishment he may or may not receive uh, for for all the all the uh, allegations he's accused of. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. But from a football perspective, on field, I, I mean, I think you have to grade that a good pickup. I mean, now who knows what will happen, and maybe it won't be a good pickup because maybe Deshaun Watson will be suspended and miss a whole year. And he's guaranteed $230 million. It's it's complex and complicated. So, you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see how all that goes down. But overall, Andrew Berry's upgrade from everything else they had previous to him. Um, like I said, the Browns haven't really been relevant since the the late 80s, early 90s. So, you know, he's he's on the right path. He's he's a relatively young guy. He's a Harvard grad. He's uh only 35 years old, just turned 35 back in in March, the end of March. And you know, so it's I mean, it's it's some good in that. It's some good in getting some some new fresh young eyes on thing, take, taking the team in a new direction. I mean, taking some risk, you know, with Deshaun Watson and hiring Kevin Stefanski and just everything that they've done the past couple of years since he's been there. Uh, he made the trade, traded Odell Beckham. Basically it's going to have to trade or cut Baker Mayfield was the first, first overall pick in 2018. I believe it was. And uh, yeah, so he's made a lot of moves since he's been in his short time being in Cleveland. So Andrew Barry is Cleveland's general manager. He got his start. Uh, as a scouting assistant and pro scout and pro scouting coordinator for Indianapolis Colts. He was, he started that in 2009. So he was in Indy for a while. He came to Cleveland in 2016 as vice president of player personnel. Then he left Cleveland for one year and went to the Philadelphia Eagles where he was vice president of football operations. I'm not sure if that's the job Something a title similar to that, and I believe is what Brandon Hunt is leaving Pittsburgh to go to Philadelphia and do because he's replacing uh the guy Omar Khan hired. Is it what's the guy's name? Somebody in the live chat help me out. The the, the assistant GM we just hired from Philadelphia. Um his name his name slips me. But, yeah, so we're talking about Andrew Berry. He, he left for one year in 2019 to go to Philadelphia. And, again, hired with the Browns in 2020. Thanks, George. It's Andrew Andrew Wild. So, yeah, that's, that's our assistant general manager that just came from Philadelphia. And Brandon Hunt 
went to Philadelphia, and I don't know if Wild uh, replaced Andrew Barry when he left Philadelphia, but yeah, it's kind of like a weird love triangle. We're all mixed up in the a AFC North. It's kind of like, you know, just, you know, six degrees of separation. Everything and everybody is connected in this division. So, yeah, that's that's what's going on. But, you know, Andrew Barry, I believe, is a is a is a decent GM. At at, at the end, I'll, I'll get into some some GM rankings. I have some uh, GM rankings from from NFL.com. This these were from April of 2022 this year, pre-draft pre-draft GM rankings. So, and you'll see what we have to replace. I'll let you know where Kevin Cover was ranked. But yeah, so Andrew Barry and the Cleveland Browns. That's that's pretty much it for them. Now I'm going to just look and see if we have any comments about the Browns in the live chat. Anybody want to say anything about Andrew Barry? Um, let's see. <laughs> Kathy, you're right. Kathy. Kathy Fared, um, musical chairs. Yeah, it's. It's ever moving in the NFL, and it seems like, especially in that AFC North. I mean, we just, you know, people get elevated, people leave, and come back to the division. It's all kind of stuff going on. So I, I agree. It definitely is like a game of musical chairs in this division, and in this league overall. You know, because like they say, it's a copycat league. George, George Testing, George said Harvard grad and still learning. <laughs> That's funny, George. I, I think the implication is because he's with the Browns, he still has a lot to learn because those guys never really get it right. They never really get it right. But, you know, one day maybe. Um, another thing I just saw before I came in and jumped on here to do this uh, episode of We Run the North. Man, isn't it great to be a Steelers fan, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? I just watched a little bit of the Pittsburgh Maulers in the USFL, and they just lost 26-16 to the Birmingham Stallions. And uh, the Pittsburgh Maulers are 1-6. We never, never in Pittsburgh football history, I won't say history because we were pretty bad way back in the beginning, but in my lifetime, pretty much 1-6. We would never, not in Pittsburgh, but yeah, the 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 Maulers are one in six. Not a really good football team in that USFL. But yeah, let's see some of the comments again. Well, that's kind of a comment related to the Steelers. But George Teston said we need to keep the numbers, man. Could not let him go. I agree, George. I I think I kind of thought it would be between Omar Khan. And Brandon Hunt, giving myself personally, giving Brandon Hunt the edge uh, in the beginning, just because I knew he was more equipped and experienced in the scouting part of football. But I also feel like a guy like Brandon Hunt and this particular set skill set and set of talents, I feel like that might be not easily replaceable, but more easily replaceable than trying to replace. Excuse me, someone like Omar Khan. So I like the move. We'll talk about that when we talk about the Steelers. Um, 
Next up, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens general manager is Eric DaCosta. He replaced Hall of Fame general manager, if not Hall of Fame general manager yet, Hall of Fame probably sure to come as a general manager. And I'm 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 pretty sure he's a Hall of Fame. I know he's a Hall of Fame tight end, Ozzy Newsom. Eric DaCosta replaced him. Um and Eric DaCosta, I believe, is a is a very good general manager manager. Okay, I'm just making sure the stuff that I'm saying is accurate. So yeah, Eric DaCosta replaced Ozzie Smith back in 2019. He spent his whole career with the Baltimore Ravens, his entire career with the Baltimore Ravens, starting back in 1996 as a player personnel assistant. Uh, in 98, he was an area scout. Then he moved up to director of college scouting. That was in 03 to 08. So he's been around in Baltimore for a long time. He was kind of groomed by Ozzie Smith. He's been part of as a as a as a scout in you know uh, front office ad, administ, administrator, he's been part of two Super Bowls in Baltimore. He's he's been in Baltimore longer than Omar Khan has been in Pittsburgh. Again, he's been since '96, so we're talking about nearly 25 years and un, and groomed under under the expert tutelage and mentoring of Ozzie Smith. So I think Eric Costa is a very good GM. He's, his title, official title, is executive vice president and general manager. Uh, his college, he went to, to Kobe College and Trinity College. Not sure where those places are at, but that's where he's educated from. He's actually from Massachusetts. He's 51 years old. And like I said, so he's been with the Baltimore Ravens for half his life. If he's 51 years old, he's been there since 96. He was about 25 when he got there, and he's 51 now. So, I mean, man, I'm sure that guy bleeds the black and purple. It, it would it would seem he, he has to. But, uh, again, I think he's a, he's a very good general manager. His next big decision, and we kind of talked about this last week, is what does he do regarding Lamar Jackson and that contract? I mean, Lamar Jackson is playing on his on his fifth year fifth year option this year. They picked it up. I believe that's going to pay him like uh, twenty two and a half million dollars this year. Um, but yeah, that's something they have to get get taken care of. And, and it's just my opinion with this quarterback market and these quarterback contracts that are up. If you think you're going to keep your guy. You need to go ahead and just get your guy and sign him because the the market is constantly is constantly going up. I mean, right now the going market for a top tier quarterback is between forty and fifty million. And I mean, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of ego driven too. So if you let the next big deal get done, then the next guy up is going to want a bigger deal than that just because he feels like. He will feel like, from a football perspective and standpoint, I'm just as good as that guy, so I deserve that money. 
So, you know, to me, if you think you got your guy, I know it's kind of like a, a big investment, but the investment only only gets harder to to keep up with the longer you wait. I use the Dallas Cowboys, for example. They just had to sign Dak, was it last year, for like $170 million. And last year's it was it was with the with the incentives and bonuses and contract. He got paid $75 million last year, just for last year. I mean, but if Jerry Jones wasn't dragging his feet and had paid that guy a couple years ago, he probably could have got him for between 30 and 35 million. And I mean, now, I mean, they have him and they signed him to a five-year deal. So if they had it did two years ago, it still would be the same time period. But now they're just paying him $45 million a year versus they could have signed it two years ago, extended him and, and been paying him 30 to $35 million a year. So it, to me, it's always good to get ahead on these quarterbacks and go ahead and get those guys and sign them up. So, but I don't know. But yeah, Eric DaCosta, the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens general manager, has that decision to make. Um, I think he's an excellent dra drafter as far as drafting talent from the collegiate level. I think he learned that directly from Ozzie Newsom. And I believe Ozzie Newsom is there in some capacity as some type of consultant and you know, just in the building, giving his advice on things like that. I mean. The decisions come down to what Eric DeCosca decides and wants to do. But if you're groomed by your mentor, Ozzy Newsom, a Hall of Famer, playing and as a general manager, you have to listen to that guy. You not have to do what he says, but you have to take his his advice into consideration, whatever that may be. But Baltimore had an excellent draft this year. Uh, in the first round, they drafted. I believe it was Kyle Hamilton. Then they then they trade back up in the first and get and get the center from Iowa. Man, you just forget these kids' names so fast when we're not talking about the NFL draft and all your team. I know they got David and, and Jabo from Michigan. He's injured, but I think they they trade up to get him in the second, and that could pan, that could prove to be a great pick. He was first round talent. They got in the second round. Thanks, Josh Parker. Linderbaum. Tyler Linderbaum is a center from Iowa. So they got those two first round picks. I mean, he he always he always loads loads Baltimore up with talent. I mean, a couple years ago he drafted the running back at Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins. He got Mark Andrews. I, I believe, if I remember correctly, Mark Andrews was like the second or third round pick. I mean, but he's he's a he's a, a Pro Bowl tight end every year. I mean, granted, Baltimore goes to the tight end position more than most, but I feel like the only position he hasn't drafted well is wide receiver. Um, he drafted last year Rashad Bateman. A few years ago before that, he drafted uh, Hollywood Brown. I never was a big Hollywood Brown fan. Maybe he'll have some success going to Arizona and playing in that in that offense that they run in Arizona. Uh and, and, and reconnecting with Kyler Murray, his old college quarterback. But he was just too little for me. I mean, to be a number one, the number one. But, you know, so he had some decent years. I don't think anything that warranted uh, a first-round pick, which he was. Now they got Rashad Bateman in the first round. They 
drafted Miles Boykin a few years ago in the third round. They cut him. He's in Pittsburgh now. I like Miles Boykin on our team to be probably the fifth or sixth receiver, a special team ace. Um, he's 6'4", six, six probably 220, runs a 4-4-40. I mean, so big, fast body. Um, you can do a lot of things with, with, with Miles Boykin, but he didn't work out in Baltimore for him. And I don't think it was because DaCosta missed on, on, on the talent. I believe the talent from Miles Boykin is there. I just believe that that offensive system and the schematics of that offense doesn't bode well for any receiver. So I don't see Baltimore putting a lot of money in the receiver position because they don't highlight or accentuate the receivers. They don't use them like that. So, you know, they put their money in their in their defense, their O-line, and obviously it'll be their quarterback when they decide to sign Lamar Jackson. But uh, let's look at a few of these comments. Over here, that's Josh Parker. Thanks, man, for letting me reminding me of Linderbaum. Really appreciate it. Um, just looking at some of these comments. Let's see what my homie George Cheston says. He has his hands tied now. Pay Lamar or not? Absolutely, absolutely, George. That's just what I was kind of alluding to. Like, man, either what, what do they say? Either poop or get off the pot. I mean, but they have to do something. I mean, because Say you let Lamar Jackson play this year out on the fifth-year rookie option. Fine. Paying $22 million. That's bargain basement for an elite quarterback, definitely. That's that's basically bargain basement for a quarterback. So when you say that, look at what we're doing in Pittsburgh. We have <coughs> three quarterbacks for under, under that price. Um, what do we have? Trubisky is like $7 million with – with lots of incentives and stuff like that, but seven million base salary. Mason is five. I'm not sure what the rookie number on Kenny Pickett is, but I believe it's like around four million. So we're talking 16, 17 million and most for Pittsburgh's quarterbacks. And you know, so we're 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 still in that position right now. So if we can build everything else up around that quarterback position, if everything else is good we could be looking forward to a surprising season. We're going to surprise a lot of people. But again, I can't help but talk about Pittsburgh because that's what we're here for, and that's my passion. That's my love. But I will, we'll get back to Pittsburgh towards the end. Um, some of these comments again. Is anyone – this is from Claude Bishop. Anyone aware that Mitch has a better starting record than Deshaun Watson? And Watson has two Pro Bowl wide receivers. Um, yeah, I'm a mayor of Mitch, Mitch's record. I think Watson's record is somewhere right around that number. Not completely sure. Uh, Deshaun Watson has two pro bowls, but Deshaun Watson had like Mitch's best season. I believe was like 3,400 yards and 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. When we're talking about Deshaun Watson. We're probably talking about elite quarterback play whether we like him or not. Um, we're talking 5,000 yards. We're talking 35, 37, 38 touchdowns. We're talking about leading the Houston Texans to two division titles to the playoffs twice. We're talking about being up on the Kansas City Chiefs like 28 to 3, and then they just have a collapse, and they let Mahomes come back a couple years ago in the playoffs in Kansas City. So, you know. 
Mitch has a better starting record, but I don't think that's to say that Mitch is a better quarterback. Deshaun's two Pro Bowls are are rightly deserved and earned, and he he he's put up the numbers. Like I said, regardless how we feel about him, he's put up the numbers. Let's check out. I I agree with you, Josh. Josh Parker says the Ravens know how to draft cornerbacks and tight ends. I agree. Um, Baltimore does. They've always drafted the cornerback position really good. I mean, even we he's not a cornerback, but you go back to to Ed Reed. Um, way back probably 20 years ago, Ed Reed was probably drafted. I mean, and now they have Marlon Humphreys. I believe they traded for uh who's their other corner opposite Marlon Humphrey? Um, the guy that always takes risk and and gets interceptions. Somebody in the live chat, let me know. Or I'm trying to look it up. Um Peters, Marcus, Josh, man, you are all over this, man. Thank you, man. It was, it is Marcus Peters. So yeah, they're kind of. Then this year they draft Kyle Hamilton. So you know they're they're kind of loaded in the in the defensive secondary. So I mean, you 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 have to appreciate that. And then tight ends, like I just said, they got to steal with Mark Andrews. Uh who's the tight end they had years ago? I can't remember his name. This year they drafted Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. He's he's a really good receiving tight end. I bet they'll be running a lot of two tight end sets with Kohler and uh and, and Andrews. I expect that. But yeah, they do draft tight ends. Well, they they draft defensive players. Well, I mean, they get big bodies up front, considered a linebacker position. You got guys like Patrick Queen. They drafted Matthew Judon, Terrell Suggs. You know, Ray Ray Lewis. Back way, we're going way back, but we're talking about the history of the franchise. So I mean, Baltimore has always been good. I mean, look at Ozzie Newsom's track record. His he's drafted Hall of Famers Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Jonathan Ogden. The tight end I was trying to think of was Todd Heap. He was a really good tight end for a lot of years for Baltimore. Uh, probably back 10, 12 years ago. Uh, Ray Lewis says Pedro Ray Lewis was Cleveland. I believe he was Cleveland, but that's still the same franchise that turned into the Baltimore Ravens. Am I am I mistaken? I'm not sure. Let me, and I'm not even sure that Ray Lewis. I think you're right, though, Pedro. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm just checking up to make sure Ray Lewis. I'm reading about Ray Lewis. Man, his information is plentiful on here. Um, Let's see. Ray Lewis was drafted in 1996. When did the Ravens move? Yeah, no, this 
says Ray Lewis was drafted 26th overall by the Baltimore Ravens. So I think Ray Lewis was their first draft pick being in Baltimore. But at any rate, it still was the if it was Cleveland, it still was the front office that would later be Baltimore's front office. So I got to give credit to uh, to those guys in Baltimore. I just want to be for sure. Let's see. 1996, pick 26, Ray Lewis drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. But, yeah, so they drafted Haloti Nada. They drafted – like I said, Jonathan Ogden. I mean, they they've they've been having good drafts. I mean, whether we like it or not, Joe they drafted Joe Flacco. I mean, Joe Flacco is probably he I would call him a bum now. He's just a a journeyman. But when they drafted him and they were having those early mid mid two thousand you know rivals with the Steelers and. It was Flacco and Roethlisberger, and Flacco got hot in that Super Bowl run, I believe it was 2012. But he got hot in that Super Bowl run and, you know, won the MVP and everything. I mean, so if, if you get a – if you draft a quarterback and that quarterback wins a Super Bowl for your franchise, you got to consider that a good draft pick. So, but, you know, a few years ago they moved on to Lamar Jackson, I believe, which is the, which is, which is the proper move. But uh, yeah. So that's where we're at, far as Eric DeCosta. Let me see what's Claude saying. He says uh, he says didn't work in Baltimore because they have a running back playing QB. I don't. Is is that is that a comment to another live chat comment? We're saying it didn't work in Baltimore because they have a, a running back playing QB. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. I don't think he's a running back. I mean, he he won an MVP. I mean, so you got to give – and that was Ozzie Newsom's last draft pick. So we're not even giving Eric DaCosta credit for that one, though I'm sure he was in the room. Um, I believe Lamar Jackson was like pick 30. At any rate, Ozzie, Ozzie Newsom's last draft pick, he's won an MVP. Uh, he's won the division a couple of times since he's been playing. They went to the playoffs every year except last year, and that was because he was hurt. I mean, if we remember correctly, Baltimore was 8-3 and three, uh, at one time and like in second or third place in the AFC, and they lost their last six straight with uh, Tyler Huntley as the quarterback. So I don't know. It depends how you look at it. He is not a, a pure pocket passer. Uh, he won't always beat you with his arm, but he can beat you with his arm. And if you have to, if you have to defense, defend his legs and the threat of that, it opens up. It opens up the rest of the field for other players. So, you know, yeah. So Lamar Jackson, and that's what Eric DeCott has to do is get that contract done and decide what direction they're going to go going forward from the quarterback position. Uh, next up, far as general managers, and this was one, the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. And this was one that uh, it's kind of, it has um, Mike Brown listed as 
the uh, owner, president, and general manager. Mike Brown's been along a, a long time. His father was Paul Brown, the guy who started the Bengals, used to coach the Cleveland Browns. Here's some of that. Here's some of that crossover divisional stuff again we were talking about. But yeah, so Mike Brown is 86 years old. He went to Dartmouth. And he's been with the Bengals as an executive, started out as assistant general manager because his dad was the was the owner and president. Now he's the owner and president. But back in 1968, so Mike Brown's been around a long time. Excuse me. But uh yeah, since nineteen sixty-eight. But the Bengals also have I don't think this guy gets enough credit. Duke Tobin. Duke Tobin is the director of player personnel. Uh he played he played football, never at the professional level. Uh played arena football for the Lando Predators of Memphis. Barrows, but he went to college in Colorado. Uh, he's been with the Bengals since 1999. And I think he gets credit for a lot of the draft picks that they've had, especially in recent years. I mean, we all know Mike Brown will make the ultimate decision. Like he's the guy that, from everything I hear about the Bengals, he's the guy that decides not to spend any money, not to provide adequate practice facilities and things like that, though I've heard the Bengals are turning that stuff around somewhat and are coming into the, the 2020s. Uh, you know, you don't have a quarterback like Joe Burrow and don't do everything you can try and do to accentuate that talent and try and win games. So I think the acquisition of Joe Burrow has just leapt, leaped, leapt the Bengals into the true 21st century. Um, even though Mike Brown from way back in the 20th century running football from, you know, learning from his dad, Paul Brown was running the Bengals as a old school mom and pop operation. But I think they're, I think they're coming around now, but yeah. So uh, Duke Tobin, he's the one he's responsible. I believe you give him credit for drafting AJ Green, and Andy Dalton and some of those drafts from a few years back. Uh, you know, they got Joe Mixon, the, the draft of uh, Joe Burrow, obviously, and Jamar Chase last year. I believe Jesse Bates was still in the second round a few years ago. T. Higgins, I believe, was a second and third round receiver. I mean, so the Bengals have acquired a lot of talent, and, and you know, they they have a good young coach in Taylor. So you know, I think I think they're headed in a, in a in a positive direction from where they had been previous. But uh, but yeah, so Duke Tobin deserves a lot of the credit. Um, what they have coming up next, we kind of talked about this last week again because we talked about the questions yet to be answered in the offseason. But they have to decide the Bengals what they're going to do with Jesse Bates. So that's a be on Paul Brown and Duke Tobin. Jesse Bates doesn't want to play under the franchise tag under the franchise tag that they placed on him. He said he's not going to play. Mm -hmm. 
that could be okay. I mean, like I said last week, the Bengals save $15, $16 million if he don't play. They have they drafted the safety out of out of Michigan, and they have Von Bell at safety there. So I mean, Jesse Bates is a great player, but is a fifteen million dollar player. That's just kind of the same question we have about Deontay Johnson, the receiver position. He's a he's a really good player, but is he a twenty 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 two million dollar player? I don't know what I think about that yet. That'll be something we can talk about in the live chat or talk about another week. Because you know these things are happening, but let's hear. Let's look at some of the comments about the Bengals. Uh, Mark Tobin, the Bengals are going to be a team to beat. The Bengals are going to be very good. I mean, I could, I personally could see every team in the AFC North being the team to beat in the AFC North. Those divisional games are going to be real tough, man. I mean, these guys. These guys are all really good. They're really talented rosters from top to bottom. I mean, you know, I jokingly started with Cleveland and said they'll they'll finish fourth. But if Deshaun Watson plays, say, 13 games, say he gets suspended four games. And I don't know if that'll happen. Say he gets suspended uh, four games. He plays 13 games. Cleveland's going to be tough to beat. You know, Deshaun Watson, the quarterback, they still have a solid O-line. You got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You got uh, they just signed David and Joku to a big deal. That's Andrew Barry's doing. I believe it's like four year, fifty seven million and twenty some million guarantee. If I'm remembering the headlines correctly, but uh, you know, and they have uh, Amari Cooper on the outside again in Joku again with those running backs and the defense. They just I believe they signed uh, Clowney back. Not that he's anything super great, but he's a good, he's a good uh player in the opposite Miles Garrett. You know, they're they're reworking some things. So I think Cleveland could be a really tough team. And I put them on the bottom, but they're really good. So AFC North is just super tough, man. So let's look at a couple more of these comments. I'm not sure who Mark Tobin is talking about, about the trade. Is that talking about uh, Deontay Johnson potentially being traded? Uh, I agree with you there, Mark. I think Watson does get suspended. I think, you know, it's it, it, it it's a serious matter, even though there were no criminal charges. Just the, the allegations are enough for the league. I mean, because it, it kind of brings – it kind of brings bad publicity to the shield, NFL shield we're talking about. So I think he gets suspended. Um, and then just in today's climate and culture and just, you know, the the, the Me Too movement and the, and, and the seriousness of that, of that movement and women's story needing to be listened to, then, you know, these allegations have to be taken seriously. You can't just brush this stuff under the rug. So, I actually, on our pod, the Know It All podcast, telling my co-host, one of them thinks he won't get suspended. Um, he's got, I believe he's going to get between four and six games. At least four and six games is, is my thought. But, you know, we'll see how that pans out. We'll see how it goes. Um, some of these other comments. 
Okay, this is a perfect segue. James Bradshaw says, let's go Steelers. So let's transition to the Steelers. And we all know who the GM for the Steelers is. We just hired him this week. That is one Omar Khan. A uh, little backstory on Omar Khan real quick. I'm sure us hardcore Steelers fans already know this stuff, but just to put it out there to say we covered it. Omar Khan's been with the Steelers since 2001 in some capacity. That was actually football administ administration coordinator. Then he was director of football administration and then vice president of football operations until he just got the general manager job just this week. Um, Omar Khan is from New Orleans, Louisiana. He's 45 years old, went to college at Tulane University, which is a which is a school in New Orleans. Actually, the Steelers won their first Super Bowl in Tulane Stadium in New Orleans. I believe that was against the Minnesota Vikings, I think. But, you know, I was just a, a young tyke then, but I'm pretty sure my memory is serving me correct on that one. But, yeah, so now let's talk about what we think about the Omar Khan higher like i mean what do we think steeler nation is do we think are we satisfied this is a good hire i personally think it's a good hire because the steelers and i agree with are big on continuity uh making things seamless even when there's change and transition they want it to be seamless not you know ruffle too many waves or too many feathers and kind of keep things at, a, at an even steady kill. And I think Omar Khan is ready for the job. I mean, and the thing with any job is what you need to know is what you don't know. So what's the first thing Omar Khan does? He goes out and hires Andy Will as assistant general manager. Omar Khan is more, and he's been around Kevin Cole for a lot of years, so he knows football. But he's more in the contractual aspect of it and signing contracts and making the cap work. And he may not know the football scouting component as good as Kevin Covert. That's why you know what you don't know when you bring in a guy like Andy Will to be your assistant GM and be, and be those eyes and that voice that talks to the scouts and over the scouts and things like that. And then, you know, just like any good, any good, uh, Workplace hierarchy. The individuals at the top in senior management need to have individuals under them that they trust that know what they don't know so they can come back and talk to senior management and say, this is what we should transition to. This is what we should change up. You know, to have that different set of eyes and a fresh perspective. Like I said, any good business corp model, corporation, or anything like that, has those parameters set in place, those kind of build organizational building blocks. And I think that's what the Steelers are doing. They also hired Sheldon Rock, Sheldon White. Uh, he was coming from the Detroit Lions. I don't know that he's been given a title yet, but all that uh, Omar Khan said in his press conference, all that all that stuff will be worked out. Sheldon White is the father of Cody White, 
who's wide receiver for the Steelers. It's interesting. Uh, now you play for a team with your dad in the front office, but will Cody White be on a roster this year? I don't know. He may still be practice squad, but it's just an interesting tidbit of Steelers information. We have lots of lots of brothers on the rosters, right? Um, we have the Watt brothers. We have the Hayward brothers. We have the Edmund brothers. We have the Davis brothers. Now we have a father-son combination. Makes you wonder, will the Steelers draft uh, Mike Tomlin's son next year um, who plays, who transferred from Maryland and now plays at Boston College? But, you know, probably not, but just throwing that out there. They could give him a chance. They could give him a, a tryout. You know, they did give uh, this year Kevin Green's son a tryout. And I believe, was it Deuce Staley's son a tryout also? So, you know. The Steelers believe in pedigree and just the you know the whole family thing. Steelers are a family organization. Um, not too many comments coming about what you guys think about Omar Khan, but I mean again, I think it's a good hire. I think it. Uh, oh, George, I like that one, man. Next year, maybe Joey Porter Jr. Nice. Solid, big body cornerback, physical from Penn State. I could see that. I could see that. I like Joey Porter Jr., man. That's a that's a that's a good call, man. I wasn't even thinking along those lines, but I agree with that. But yeah, so just the continuity that's gonna that's gonna be in place. Kevin Colbert will be in the building. He'll be around. I think when you when you got Andy Wield and Mike Tomlin, those are definitely football guys. They know the football. And, you know, you got Omar in there working up the, the, the contractual and business part of it. He'll get Minka signed uh, this year, this summer, hopefully. I'm pretty sure he will. We got – and it was good, great they signed TJ last year. I mean, because imagine they didn't sign TJ and they, and they franchise tagged him. And he had the year that he had. He would be wanting ridiculous money right now. I think we signed him for like $28 million a year, which now he's defensive player of the year and he's going into his prime. That's kind of a bargain for what the, the going rate is for those edge rushers. But uh yeah, let me see what's the what the homie Britsburg Owen is saying. What's up, man? Let's see. Hey, bro, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Owen, thanks, man. How are you, man? Been checking you out on, on the uh on the syndicate, man, good stuff you guys got going on. But Icon is a great appointment. I agree. Andy will, too, for his new ideas. 100%, man, I agree with you. You are on point, my brother. Um, Mark Tobin, what's, I don't know, James. I'd say we need to tackle. Okay, you're talking to somebody in the live chat. My bad, man. Um, Fritzberg again. Oh, man, no problem, man. You know, it's not compliments when it's truth, you know. There's no compliment in truth. I'm just saying what it is, man. You guys have some good content on there and share some good stuff. So really appreciate it. It helps me prepare for the things I do. So I listen all the time, man. Thanks. Um. So with that being said, we're almost 50 minutes in. We talked about Omar Khan. We talked about the other teams, general managers. 
I like to say, just you know, briefly close out on what we had in OTAs last week. I think we had a good week of OTAs as it is now. Let me see. I can't ignore the homie. Homie Britsburg. Um, we need to sign a running back too still. Although, okay, thanks, man. I was talking about OTAs and what we saw and what we need. Um, I agree we need a running back too. I like Mateo Durant too, but I don't think you can you can count you can count on an undrafted free agent. I don't think you you know count on. I mean he's not talented. A lot of undrafted free agents make it, but I don't think you can count on that guy. Um, there are some running backs out there left still. I wouldn't mind seeing the Steelers sign um the running back from Houston, Texas, David Johnson. I like David Johnson. He was an all-pro at one time. It's been a few years, five or six years, but he's only 30 years old. I mean, he'd be a good veteran running back. When we got D'Angelo Williams back uh, to compliment Le'Veon Bell six, seven years ago, he was in his early 30s, and he did a great job. So I like the idea maybe of somebody like David Johnson. We'll see how that works. Um, I think I'm not sure. I think Tua is coming back. Cam thinks he's coming back. I don't know how ready he'll be. So I wouldn't mind taking some of the money we have left and getting a defensive lineman. I wouldn't mind somebody like a King Knicks or even Eddie Goldman, both Chicago Bears. I think those guys would fit perfectly. And Dominic and Sue is still out there too. I mean, if you could get Dominic and Sue and, and plug him in the middle, I'd play him over Tyson. And, you know, I think that just makes the defensive line even that much better. But I think we could use a defensive lineman. Um, I heard Najee was a beast in OTAs, just looks great. I heard George Pickens was really, really good in OTAs. And Akella Witherspoon says he came out and just has, like, a confidence and a swagger by himself that you need from a number one corner. So, I, I, I like everything that we're doing. I mean, again, I agree with, with Owen, maybe a, a backup running back. And uh, I think a defensive lineman to just add to the mix. George Pickens is going to be huge wide receiver, one of the future. I agree, man. He was a steal in the second round. I understand why he was there, but he is the absolute steal. Um. Let's see. James Bradshaw. Leah will be good with Tuit, Tyson, and Cam. I like I like Tyson coming back, and hopefully Tuit does come back. I think he will. Um, I, I think Tyson will be healthy. He's still 34, going 35 years old, but he only played a game and a half of football last year, so his body got a break, so I think he can come back good. But you can never have too many of those defensive linemen. So, but I do like the defensive line thus far. I like, of course, I like Hayward and Tuit and Tyson. Then I even like Montrevious Adams. I like Leal. I like Loudermilk. That's six right there. We didn't even talk about Wormley. I mean, so I don't know what direction we're going. That's going to be a heck of a heck of a battle in camp too. So, you know, Mark Tobin says. Yeah, I don't have much faith in Tewitt or Tyson. It, it's tough to have faith in them because Tyson is going to be 35 years old and Tewitt hadn't played football in, well, I guess it would be almost two years now. I mean, at least a year and a half, but we'll see what happens. 
uh, Najee building up into a Saquon Barkley body. He looks a lot faster and sharper. Wow. I just saw I saw a picture. I didn't really get to see a whole lot of, of, of workout and drills, but he looks huge. And I, hear, I hear everybody saying what great shape he, he's in. So I'm looking forward to seeing that too. He, we won't see him a lot in the preseason because we know we know what he is. We'll see a lot of the competition for number two from the running back position in the preseason, but it's good to know we have potentially an all-pro running back in our in our midst on our team. Um, Ty Gurley running back too. Mark Tobin, man, ah, that's a hard one, man. I mean, he could come to camp and get it and get a look. I would be okay with that, but I think he, I think Ty Gurley's probably washed. He played, I think, in Atlanta last year and didn't do a whole lot. You know, he was a beast in his prime when his knees were good coming out of Georgia, but I don't know that he has it anymore. I'm not sure how old he is, but however old he is, he may be about 28, but he's an old 28 because just how with his injuries and stuff like that. Because he had a messed up knee coming out of Georgia even. So, yeah, I don't know that I – signing to a contract. I mean, if he wants to to come to camp and try out and prove himself, I'm definitely with that, you know. But okay, guys, thanks for joining me again this week on Rerun, Rerun the North. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for joining us on the BTSC Podcast Network. And don't forget to check out the website, all the different articles and stuff. Uh, later tonight, there'll be the Q&A on here on Sunday evening. Then tomorrow, Monday, we have the the hangover with Shannon White, Brand Anthony Davis, and Tony Defio. Be sure to check that out. You know, Tuesday, the Scobro show. You guys know the lineup, man. Uh, check out the audio only podcast, especially the uh Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. Lots of good stuff on there every every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh thanks, George. I appreciate you, man. Great show. I love just, you know. Being here talking Steelers and having you guys chime in the live chat and give your opinions and help me out, answer all the stuff that I forget, man. So I really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. But so we're going to get out of here. And until next week on We Run the North, let's go Steelers. You guys have a great week. Peace. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.